0: Our second scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. Listen again for God's word for you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can, how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do not know him and have seen him. This, too, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Loving God, we thank you for the way that your scripture both comforts us and challenges us. In the sacredness of this place, we ask that you would quiet every voice within us, except your own, and startle us with your truth. We pray all of this in the name of your son. Amen. There was a moment about halfway through my 200-mile walk along the Camino de Santiago in northern Spain when I had a thought that maybe this entire life-transforming spiritual pilgrimage, eat, pray, love endeavor may have been a mistake. See, my friend Nadia and I, we were in the small monastery town of Samos, and we decided that day to splurge on a private hotel room rather than staying in the communal hostels that we had been staying for the previous week. And while the place that we had booked offered us hot showers and larger beds and a home-cooked breakfast, it turned out that we were the only guests that were staying there that night, that not even the host would be staying there as well. So the hotel that I assume would have otherwise been warm and inviting instead gave a creepy, I wonder if anyone could hear us if we scream kind of vibe. (laughs) And at one point, we were told to hang our clean laundry in the attic of the building next to an antique crib and other deteriorating babies' toys. That's not unsettling at all. I was FaceTiming with my husband from the dining room of this hotel that night while Nadia was up in our room, and I was telling him about how the place felt like the house on Haunted Hill when he said to me, "'Who's that behind you?' Not to scare me, not to concern me, but because he genuinely saw the face of someone behind me in this empty room, and this empty hotel. And that was the moment, that was the time when I thought... What am I doing here? What am I doing in this country? What am I doing on this walk? What am I doing with my entire life? Look, I went to the Camino in October 2021, like so many other people, searching for direction and purpose and healing after the debilitating losses of the pandemic. And the only thing that I seemed to find was a poltergeisty demise at a creepy hotel. And while I was genuinely terrified for a little bit, I could not shake this feeling of feeling so foolish for coming on this trip. I felt lost and completely uncertain about what I was supposed to do next in my life. I spent the rest of the night uh, binge-watching a show on Netflix in a lazy attempt to escape that looming sense of dread. And to be honest with you, I still largely feel lost here in the year of our Lord 2023. I feel uncertain, and the dread has not fully gone away. I'm 36 years old, so I don't think that necessarily qualifies me as middle-aged just yet. But I feel like I am stuck in this mid-life, mid-faith crisis brought on by the chaos of the pandemic. Maybe some of you can relate. There are moments in my life when I can zoom out from my current circumstances and see the bigger picture. I can remember the deep sense of connection that I felt with the divine when I first became a Christian in high school. And I can imagine how much I'll appreciate the beautiful complexity of my faith at the end of my life. But here, now, being in the middle of this mess, it's hard. I don't have the passion for my faith that I once have and I, I do not yet have the wisdom that I trust my faith will one day grant me. My faith is somewhere in between the beginning and the end and the instructions of what I'm supposed to do right now are a bit unclear. I went to a Nickel Creek concert at the Fillmore a couple weeks ago and the violin player player Sarah Watkins made the point that there are a lot of songs out there that talk about the beginning of the relationship, the, the excitement, the passion, the possibility. And there are also a lot of songs that talk about the end of a relationship, the pain, the frustration, the loss. But there aren't many songs that talk about the middle of the relationship. As she explained, it's really hard to write a catchy tune about how annoying it is to hear you sigh while watching SportsCenter. It's not as inspiring. The middles of things can be unglamorous and uninspiring. Old Testament professor Don Fowler explains, middles might be said to be under-theorized. There's an abundance of work on the opening and the closure, but very little discussion of what comes in between. This is obviously because the theory of the middle is taken simply to be as the theory of the work as the whole. Beginnings and endings are marked points in the work, but the middle is just the work itself, with those points lopped off. Let's say that again. The middle is just the work itself. That sounds fun. Duke professor Lauren Winner makes this observation about middles. that middle rarely denotes anything good think about middle school think about when kids became mean and generally miserable think about the middle ages also known as the dark ages for its stretch between classical grandeur and the wonders of today winner explains middles are often defined by what they are not the space, the years in between that which is no longer what came before and that which is not yet what will come later. Her definition of middles raises the question, who would want to reside in this vague in-between, the spiritual equivalent of middle school or the dark ages, and yet so much of our lives are spent in the middle but somehow, they're not desirable places to be. How are we supposed to live and exist and be in these middle seasons? Our lectionary scripture passage for today comes at the end of Jesus' life. It's part of a multi-chapter farewell discourse to the disciples at the Last Supper found in the Gospel of John. While he offers these words at the end of his life, it is with the intention that the disciples would use his guidance in the middle of theirs. Jesus knows that he does not have much time left on this earth, and so he's preparing the disciples to live out their lives of faith after he's gone, to do the work of the gospel. Knowing that the disciples are scared by his uh, imminent departure, Jesus begins this passage by saying, Do not let your hearts be troubled. There's compassion in these words. There's recognition that the path ahead for the disciples is a difficult one. Unfortunately, interpreters over the years have taken the following verses as a kind of prosperity gospel promise that if you have the right belief, everything will work out for you in this life and in the next, that the reason to keep going in your faith is because there is great reward awaiting you in the form of a heavenly dwelling place. But this interpretation misses the fact that Jesus does not say he is the reward. He does not even say that he's the key to unlock the heavenly treasure. No, he says he's the way, the truth, the life. He's the journey, the earthly in between, the diligent work of the sacred middle. He is the life that we are living right now with all of its messiness and uncertainty. If Jesus is the way, then that means the path we are on right now is just as holy as the miraculous beginning and the heavenly ends. Look, I didn't go on this Camino walk merely so that I could reach the end. Yes, I got an official certificate in Latin, which was pretty cool. And yes, I wept a little at the Pilgrim's Mass in Santiago. But I went on this pilgrimage because I needed the physical, emotional, and spiritual space to do some wandering. Yes, the beginning of the walk was exciting and the end was celebratory. But the middle is where I did the work that needed to be done. The middle was the actual experience. The middle was the pilgrimage itself. Let me put this in another way. I understand that in the world of chess, the middle game is not just what happens between the opening and the end game. The middle game is where the players stake out their strategies. See, there are only so many plausible ways to start a game of chess, like the Queen's Gambit, but there is very little scripted in the middle game. The middle is where creativity begins, where tactical daring takes over. And maybe that's what it means when we say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the path that we are walking, no matter how lost we may feel. He is the truth we are discovering as the game unfolds. He is the life, this life that we are living with all of its risks and questions and wild, throwing things against the wall, creativity Maybe he told the disciples these words because he knew that there would be moments when they would wonder what in the world they were doing if they had made a mistake, if this entire faith thing was all for naught. Maybe he wanted them to know that this moment is just as holy as the moment when he first arrived, and that there is still reason to get up every morning to put one foot in front of another on this journey of faith. Theologian Robert Jensen suggests that John 14 speaks about the so-called roominess that God has for each of us. According to Jensen, divine roominess is not in relation to heavenly or earthly space, but it is instead about the time that God has for us. The many dwelling places reflect the expansive time that God has in God's own life for us. As Jensen says, God's eternity is not immunity to time, but God having all the time that God needs. And look, I know this sermon is kind of all over the place, and I think it's partially because we don't know how to make sense out of the middle parts of our lives. Uh, The form a bit mirrors the content, but I think these insights about the middle parts of pilgrimages and chess games and time itself may help us reframe our relationship to the middle parts of our lives. Maybe the middle is the place where we do the work of living our lives. Maybe the middle is where we're allowed to be creative and strategic at the same time. Maybe the middle is where we are given time we need to live our lives. Maybe it's even the time God needs to live our lives with us. Look, I I don't love this middle part of my life. I would be delighted to come to the end of this uncertainty, this discomfort, this general lostness that I feel. But since I appear to be stuck in this middle for a while longer, I am trying my best to appreciate the life there is to be lived here, now, in the in-between. I'm opening myself up to the sacred time that God has made for me in God's infinite roominess And I'm trying to trust what the poem on the cover of our bulletin claims, that the path is made by walking, the way, the truth, the sacred life is found by putting one foot in front of another. So the morning after our stay at that creepy, empty hotel on the Camino, we sought out on that day's 15-mile walk, as we had every day before, I would like to say that after we crossed the threshold over the middle portion of our pilgrimage, that everything just clicked into place for us. But it didn't. We stayed in some more strange places. We walked some very uncomfortable paths. We battled some ferocious winds. And our knees ached in ways that they had never before. Then one day, we discovered that the place we were planning to stay was all booked. And so that we would have to actually walk four more miles down a jagged, slippery path to find a place in the next town. We said, nope. We called a taxi, which always call a taxi. If you're tired, just do it. It's fine. You're not cheating. It's fine. And we had that taxi person take us to the next random available hostel. We checked into the hostel, and then, I'm glad to say, we found him. We found the guy for whom we had been searching for the last couple of days. We found a fellow pilgrim, our friend, delightfully named Jesus. That's right. We met. We walked alongside. We lost, and we found Jesus on the Camino. It was perfect. Uh, Jesus was a Spanish man in his 60s who was on his fifth Camino journey, and he had a very special strategy for how he made it through each of his Camino walks. He would start out walking early in the day and then stop midday, through, midway through the day for a large meal and an even larger glass of wine. It didn't matter how far he'd gotten that day. When it was midday, he would always stop to savor a good meal and a good drink. He showed us the value Of savoring the middle of things, of not just rushing off to your final destination, but of drinking up all of the time that we have. Middles can be uncertain and uncomfortable and unglamorous spaces. They can demand hard work of us. But we're encouraged not to rush through them. Middles at times can even be enjoyed. My hope and my prayer for us this day is that we would open ourselves up to the sacredness that can be found in our own middle paths this day. Amen.